Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us at Ace Your Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Choksi. This is Erin Hanley. She is our gardener, expert gardener of the year. So thank you so I'll much. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard her before. She has Paradise Kitchen Garden. This is her passion. She's also an expert in many other things. But today our topic of conversation will be gardening and looking at gardening from a very different perspective and just understanding gardening 101. You know, we're bringing in gardening into this place in a medical facility. We're combining it with our health and how can you, how can our patients learn to garden for their health so that that particular disease gets better? And as we move forward, the time and era that we are in right now, the type of food that we are getting, the, the availability of land and all of these issues, the topics that we have on hand, we have forgotten how to take care of the food and bring that food into our, into our kitchen table because everything is coming in a, some sort of package and as some sort of pre-package deal. So today we're going to talk about why, right? What's what's the real reason behind gardening and why and how are we bringing that into medical mainstream anti-aging functional treatment and how this can become a modality of a, a tool, a care, modality of treatment for us. So let's ask us, what do you think? Why garden? Well, I like to consider gardening a labor of love, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because you're going to put some work into building a garden, but also understand that there are many different types of gardens. There are many different sizes of gardens. And uh, there are different times of the year that which we can garden. Mm. So I garden because I like to say that I go to my happy place. Mm-hmm. It's just a way for me to disengage from the world, have some peace and quiet, um, be out in nature, experience the elements, and really just kind of let go. I mean, so I garden for many reasons, but I would say the main reason is really just it's a, it's a healthy escape. And one where you can get exercise, you can get sunshine, you can go out in the rain and garden if you want. But ultimately, if we can put nutrient-dense fruits and vegetables on our tables, Mm -hmm. the food itself tastes so much better. And there's such reward in knowing that you grew something, and especially if you grow it from seed, mm-hmm. to see that process of growth and development. So that's why you garden. Mm-hmm. Why do you think everybody should garden? What's the bigger reason Yes. why gardening needs to happen? All right, so I'm going to bring in a few statistics mm-hmm. because this is really getting to the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a problem that needs to be addressed in this day and age. And part of the problem is that 
I well, let me back up for a minute. I watched a fantastic documentary last night that I'd like to just okay. announce to, to folks. It's called The Need to Grow. And if these statistics are true, which I believe that they are, you know, one of the things that we can learn from this class is basically that agriculture is the most destructive activity on our planet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, many people are very aware and familiar with factory farming and, and the methane and the emissions and the carbon footprint that is created on an agricultural that is based on producing animals for food. But believe it or not, growing monocrops of corn and potatoes, meaning growing fields and fields and fields of only corn or only potatoes, is been a real disaster it's been a real disaster because if you look out in nature corn is actually never grown by itself potatoes are never grown by themselves whatever that crop is soybeans doesn't matter these plants have existed for eternity with one another so our ecosystems need to be diverse there needs to be a, a checks and balances in place. And when we create these diverse ecosystems, we can eliminate major pest problems. We can eliminate the need for herbicides and other chemicals. Um, a few other statistics for you. So Earth has lost a third of its farmable soil in the last 40 years, which is truly, heartbreaking because that's if that's big, the case that's a big number that's a crazy number and so to to put it into a um a visual 30 soccer fields of soil are eliminated every single minute on planet earth today 30 soccer how, fields how, wait, a minute how, how do they eliminate all right so let's let's quickly discuss the difference between dirt and soil what we have now across the planet is basically dirt. And the reason I call it dirt is because we have extracted so much out of the soil over the years without really giving anything back. We know more about space than we do about the ground underneath us. You could pick up a handful of healthy soil and you literally have more organisms sitting in your hand than there are people on the planet. So these microorganisms are the key to our survival. Um, they are acting in ways that we can't even understand fully. <laughs> and, and this is where I think science is gonna go in the future in terms of farming and gardening and agriculture. A couple more statistics for you. 70% of soil has been destroyed. And if we're gonna continue at this rate, we literally will not have farmable soil in 60 years. So there's a real need for folks just like you and me to grow something, anything, and improve the soils around our homes, our schools, our churches, um, places of business. And this is also a wonderful way to get the community together as well for a common good. That's pretty. That's a pretty short number of years that we have left. Sixty years is nothing. We might run out of land before we run out of water. That's what that means. 
That's exactly mm -hmm. it. That the only living ecosystem, if we don't have soil, will be the ocean. And we know that our aquifers are even contaminated because there's been a lot of nitrogen runoff. I mean, that gets a little bit technical, but it just basically means that whatever we use chemical means to grow plants but kill everything else, um, there's a buildup of nitrogen that occurs and that nitrogen needs to actually sink back it down into the soil in order to refeed the soil. But what's happening is because the soil has been so depleted, it does not have the capacity to um, maintain moisture. Mm -hmm. And that's a real issue because then you start seeing runoff of these chemicals into our waterways. Everything from creeks to rivers to lakes to oceans because it's all going to the same place. So in a way, while we're destroying the, the soil, we are also contaminating and destroying the ocean. Mm. And so the time is now. I mean, it's very urgent. And it's funny because I think a lot of people would look at me and other people who do this as, you know, we, we were considered the hobos and the hippies, right? But nowadays I have people asking me all the time, you know, what, what are you doing? How do you do that? I, I'm interested. Where there was no interest five, ten years ago, there tends to be much greater interest now uh, because we're sort of faced uh, with this. We're faced with potential food shortages and issues with transportation, getting food from A to B. And in that transportation, so much is lost. Nutrients are lost. You're already looking at a depleted food. Mm -hmm. But 12 hours of transportation, you're losing the life force of that food. So if we can grow these foods in our own backyards or balconies, mm. we, you can literally bring in nutrition um, at a level that was meant for us. And that's not to say that you still would need supplementation because mm -hmm. most of us have been depleted of these minerals and nutrients for years. That's so interesting. So when we're talking about gardening, and it seems that what, what we're saying is because the farmland is going away, we should start gardening in our homes to grow food. Exactly. And what other benefits would that bring? Because it sounds like an expensive thing to do. I, there Especially. is an initial investment, and I think to say that there isn't is, is, is not entirely truthful. At the same time, that initial investment will pay itself off in three to five years. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience. Um, it's interesting because I was really interested in raised beds. Mm -hmm. And I would buy my soil from the, from the store, organic and worm casings, different amendments to build the soil. And I've got excellent soil. However... What did I do to the soil that was that's actually sitting on my property? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm now, <laughs> I'm now, going around my property and creating different beds, where I can pile up soil, and this way, not only am I going to still produce great quality food, but at the same time, 
I am improving the ecosystem around my own property. We have so, birds, all kinds of birds and butterflies, frogs, uh, ducks, geese. We have all kinds of wildlife showing up to the property now. Is that all homegrown stuff? Yes, this is homegrown. And here's a really good example of something homegrown. You see, it's just not perfect. And it's not supposed to be perfect. What is it? <laughs> so this, Tomatoes? Yes. It looks like a little snowman, but it's actually a yellow pear tomato. It's very sweet in comparison to like this cherry tomato, which tends to be more acidic. And combined, they make an awesome sauce, but I digress. I've got one okra, just for example. And I love fruiting crops because they give and give and give. You can keep picking and they'll keep growing. Same thing, same things with beans. And they're really pretty easy to grow once you get the hang of it. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So why would somebody decide to grow in their own house other than these big issues that we talked about? What would stimulate or drive somebody to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to pick this up? I think a lot of parents are interested in it because right now we're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of homeschooling systems develop. Mm -hmm. So this could easily be implemented into a homeschooling type of program because the truth is is we can learn about history through produce. Mm -hmm. We can learn math, we can learn science, we can learn art. Are there specific time when people should consider growing or can they do it whenever they feel like it? I like to grow year round as much as possible, mm. but that's because it's a passion and I have a family that can help out. I start seeds as early as January, early February, mm -hmm. especially your long season crops like tomatoes. Um, other people grow because they want foods that are not readily readily available in, in our grocery stores. Mm -hmm. So exotic types of fruits and vegetables that you just can't typically get. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people grow the food because it just simply tastes better. That's Other really people grow food because they enjoy the, the, the exercise and the, um, the activity of it. Mm-hmm. But I think most people, if you ask them why they like to grow food, it's usually a combination of things. Mm -hmm. That's that's really interesting. When this is step one, you still have to realize that learning how to use the little spaces or little space that we have, maybe it's a small land or it could be a small balcony or it could be just two by two area in your kitchen. Uh, countertop, learning how to use those small areas to grow something. It's literally like using a small space to give a birth, right? You're creating something, creating a life that becomes part of your body, that becomes you. So this is, this is really interesting. In the U.S., are there specific places to garden or, or do you think anybody can garden in any location in the U.S.? Well, <laughs> based on the documentary last night, the technology is available for people to literally grow across the planet. Mm -hmm. And I and I won't give away the, the fun secrets. Uh, I encourage you to watch the, the documentary Need to Grow. It's 
it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shorter answer is every, virtually everybody across the globe can grow something mm-hmm. because we already know about the greenhouse effect that even if you're in a cold climate, so imagine it's the dead of winter and you get into your car, the windows have been up, it's cold outside but warm inside. Well, that's because the greenhouse effect occurred. And it's the same thing with standard greenhouses. And what's great is that a lot of people will repurpose old windows and create their own greenhouses. So you don't even have to go out and buy a kit. You can literally put windows together (laughs) in a rectangular form and essentially build your own. And then you save on time and costs and you're also recycling. So just by virtue of the fact of having a greenhouse or something similar, even a cold frame, which is just a smaller version of a greenhouse, we can grow lettuces, herbs, um, tomatoes do awesome in a greenhouse, peppers do awesome in a greenhouse because they also Mm. like the humidity. So, but you know, you don't even need to go greenhouse route. I have a south facing window in my kitchen which brings in a lot of light. So even in the winter when my house is still cool, Mm -hmm. because of the amount of sunlight that that window gets, I'm able to start seeds early on, get them going, so that come March, April, May, when it's time to plant outside, those plants have already been pretty pretty well established. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. So I think we need to take a deeper dive into learning about how to create those kind of snowmen that we have out of tomatoes. (laughs) But that requires us to understand about soils and about seeds and about different techniques, that type of water. We've been talking about water in our previous podcast, but it's going to need that kind of an effort from us to go deep down and just figuring out what can we do and then learning the process it's like going through a pregnancy learning the conception time and then first second and third trimester and then there is a fruit so we'll get to it in our next podcast and um, yeah we're blessed to have you here today is there anything that you can tell all the listeners to what do they what can they other than listening to this documentary what else can they do at home tonight maybe or can they do something or they can think about or read or what would you tell them so my suggestion is is start small don't don't do what i did and try to grow 15 to 20 things at a time it's it's much more difficult to become an expert at 20 things versus three to five Mm -hmm. items. Of course, if you're really gung-ho, all the more power to you, I would suggest getting yourself a really good book, uh, hiring a um, gardening coach like like myself. There are, there's lots of resources out there. If you wanted to shortcut uh, the process, I would suggest getting a really good vegetable gardening book. There's lots on the market. Um, I, I use one called the Vegetable Gardening Bible. I can't remember the author at the moment, but this gentleman has got a garden in Vermont. Mm-hmm. 
obviously very northeast. You can imagine he's probably dealing with a lot of wind and cooler weather and yet extremely successful because so much of what produces this great stuff depends on the quality of the soil. And obviously soil is one component. Water is extremely important. Mm. Air, too much air, not enough air. Everything needs to be in a, in a proper balance. And then nutrients. When we add nutrients to the soil, the plants are going to take that up and we then consume it and enjoy the benefits of soil. I actually wanted to just rattle out a few more statistics, if mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting, you know, that um, and this was according to the Business Insider. Billions in tax dollars are being subsidized for junk food. So your McDonald's and White Castles, and, and I'm not trying to pick up, pick on any fast food restaurants, but the reason that your burger is $2, I mean, think about it. If a cow, in order to process it into a burger, takes many, many months. And so to get a $2 burger doesn't even make sense. So where, how is that possible that we're able to get our hands on such cheap food? It's possible because the government subsidizes these industries. Most people are aware of this by now. This is according to The Guardian. But pesticides are linked to bee decline. This is, a, this is extremely important because if we don't have bees, butterflies, moths, ants, and other pollinators, then we're gonna we're gonna reduce our, our yields. We're not we're not gonna have a plethora of fruits and vegetables. We've got to have the system in place to pollinate the flowers so the fruiting can occur. Industrial farming costs the environment three trillion dollars a year. This is just such a, an incredible waste of money. And it and and this is a you know it this is a type of farming that is just really outdated. It it is based on the industrial complex. Right outside of the wars, they were using the same chemicals that they were using in war on our land, and so that has obviously grave um, consequences. Civilizations rise and fall on the quality of their soil. And that was made public by Science Daily. And then there's this great quote by Confucius. And he says, this was, of course, a ancient philosopher, ancient Eastern philosopher. He says, if your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. If your plan is for 100 years, educate children well said wow that is amazing we need to keep all of these things in mind as we continue to move forward into learning the process of gardening and we'll continue to solidify the importance importance of gardening and our food not only on our body on our health specific diseases but also on our state of mind and the state of 
the ecosystem that we live in, uh, especially the planet Earth, as what we have done and knowingly or unknowingly, what has happened in the last 100 to 200 years due to, due to a lot of forces, you know, from egos to greed to money to lack thereof. It has led to a state in which all of us are questioning what will happen in future, whether we'll have water or food or a place to live. So in order to protect ourselves and probably our future as human species, I guess this would be a one small step that we can take to learn and just educate as Confucius says. So with that, we appreciate your presence on this show. Thank you so much for being here. If you like any of these content that we're putting out there, like us, subscribe, download, share. And if you're really interested in learning, getting access to a lot of these uh, PDFs, the notes that we have, and a lot of other contents that we have on our different shows, all of this can be found at Ace My Held community. And the link is right below, so you can take a look at that. And as always, on Fridays, we pray for all of you, all of our patients. And we have this group gathering where our patients and all of us join together to send out positive vibrations into the universe. You're welcome to do that as well. It will be a collective effort. And uh, if you are going through something, let us know. And we'll pray for you as well. Thank you so much. God bless. Take Thank care. Thank you.